0: Ser Benfica, isto é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A é um culto. É que é verdade, que é creio, que é mental,
1: que é o caráter das pessoas.
0: Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão, é uma paixão, Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica, eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão, e as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão, é paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica, até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the All Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. Tonight we have episode number 369. Uh, we're short one Oliveira, but we made up by having a Carvalho here. Uh, Cristiano Oliveira is here. What's happening, Cristiano? The Carvalho wood is more expensive than the Oliveira wood, but we, you know, as Oliveiras,
2: we Give out all of you as eight as eight, all you, right? All you in English, as eight in Portuguese. Uh, all you that 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 didn't sound too well, but yeah, once again, Alfredo, doing uh relatively well, uh, football aside, doing well. I'm glad to be back here on the podcast. Would like to thank everyone that's listening at home, uh, or in your car, or wherever the hell you may be. Thank you, appreciate you tuning in, and uh,
0: let's uh, let's talk something figure tonight. And the Carvalho I was talking about it's Timo. Uh, if you don't know Timo, then you need to get to know Timo. Timo is well known in, in the Benfica uh, Twitter sphere, if you will, and also, uh, you know, in, in a group of circle of friends that uh, that uh, follow Benfica in Portugal and the United States, of course. Timo, how are you? Welcome.
1: Thank you, Alfredo. Thanks, Cristiano. I'm uh, doing well, um, all things considered.
0: <laughs> of course uh we're we're recording this on the night where uh, Benfica lost to santa clara edge study lose 4-3 uh that's one of the games that we'll be recapping but before that we're gonna recap the free game which seems like it happened hey. uh, ages ago which was what on thursday uh wednesday, wednesday or thursday was the the Vruav game um Let's start with the Riwaaf game because that's obviously. I about that game? Hey, double misery tonight. <laughs>
2: I would have called off. Dave, you're smart for calling off tonight, Dave. Good job.
0: Good job. <laughs> But the Riwaaf game is actually a, a win, Christian. So it, it's not all that bad. Um, so let's start with the lineup. Vlakodimus is in gold. Tavares. Uh, Dias, Ferro, and uh, the other Tavares, of course, Andrea Almeida picking up uh, 50 yellow card and had to serve a suspension in this game. Uh, Weigel and Gabriel were in the middle of the park. Pizzi on one side, Rafa on the other. Terapt uh, behind uh, Diego Sosa, uh, which uh, got the start in this game. So uh, there's been quite a bit of uh, alternating, but we'll get into the forward alternating um, when we start talking about the Santa Clara game. Um, not, you know, again uh, i i'm i'm starting to to run out of 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 words to describe uh the misery that this team has uh has brought and 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 what it's like it's depressing to uh to watch this team uh, Riwav uh, uh went ahead won nothing on the twenty in the twenty sixth minute uh benfica came back for its second half uh Benefited from a yellow uh, a red card in the 62nd minute. Tied the game uh, by Saferovic. Uh, and then uh, in the 72nd minute, second uh, red card. Uh, in the 87, 87th minute, the Weigel uh, put us up uh, ahead uh, for good and got the the winning goal. Uh, so just a, an overarching uh, review of, of this game. Uh, we always knew it was going to be a, a hard game. Uh, for Benfica, especially against Carvalhal, a Carvalhal team who has a reputation of, of setting up his teams well uh, and setting up uh, uh, well tactically. But Cristiano, Benfica really got away with this one. Uh, it was going to be hard. And I think that had it not been for the two ejections, I don't know if Benfica comes out of Stadio dos Arcos with a three points. Yeah, absolutely. Things definitely got interesting over there. If it wasn't,
2: again, as you said, the two red cards, things might have been a little bit tougher for Benfica to squeak away with the three points, but nonetheless, Vigo scoring his very first goal with his head in his career gave us the three points. I just want to bring it back to the beginning of the game. Diego Souza made, I believe, my memory serves serves me correct, this very first start for Benfica, things did not go well uh, in the first half for him. Uh, they, they, they had, he, he was actually involved in a very close call on uh, a pass from Tarap that, that Rafa was able to tuck away in the back of the net, went to VAR, he was called off sides, and rightfully so. I, I believe that was the right call because he actually made an attempt at the ball, and that was about... Uh, the only thing he did offensively. And then the other contribution of his in the whole game was the beautiful assist to Tarimi on a corner kick where Taremi scored and put the Riwav up 1-0 in the first half. So um, let's just say that his very first start in his Benfica career, at least in Liga, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, is not one that he's going to want to remember for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, he also had a, a ball that he blocked on a Rafa shot, if I remember correctly. It was either a Rafa shot or a pizzi shot that he blocked. Uh, from going mm-hmm. into the goal and it was a well-placed shot too so not a not a very good uh game for for Sosa for sure uh and getting his first start as Cristiano mentioned um but uh, Timo I'll go to you man um I know it's it, it, when Benfica or or when the league started there was a a, a, a at least a glimmer of hope on my part, that uh, the the moment of form that Benfica went into the pause was going to be done with. The players got a refresh. But really, we got back to action, and it's more the same, if not even worse.
1: Yeah, I think it's worse. Um, it almost looks like a preseason, to be honest with you. Um, everyone doesn't look like they're up to match fitness. It, It really does feel like they've all been on holiday, you know, for the past couple of months. And then all of a sudden they're coming back and these are the, you know, the first few games of like, you know, whatever little tournaments that they normally play. Um, Harping on Diego Souza, like Cristiano was, I think Trishana and I were talking for a little bit after 14 minutes, he looked gassed. He literally looked exhausted on the pitch and he wasn't putting in much effort. So I mean, what were these guys doing when they were preparing, you know, to come back? I have no idea, but, you know, some of these guys just don't look like they're up there.
2: Yeah, I was very surprised. I mean, you look at him trying to put some pressure there in the first half, and it looked like he was carrying a, a sack of bricks on his back. It looked like, you know, he had been you know out there by himself running, you know, suicide routes before the game because he just wasn't able to keep up with the rest of the guys. Now, that being said, look, I, I – I'm trying to rationalize. I'm trying to make sense of of Bruno Lage's thought process. Um, Vinicius hadn't played particularly well in his previous matches. Uh, Sferovic looked like he wasn't into. I mean, this wasn't just now after the restart. It was just uh, the Sferovic we've seen all season. Looked like he wasn't, you know, enthused about playing football at any point this season. Um, so I, I guess he rolled the dice. I, I didn't like initial uh, formation. If you guys go back to Twitter, you'll see that I I initially put Tarap playing behind him when it was really a 4-3-3, more so than a 4-4-2, because I thought he would have difficulty playing by himself alone up top, and that's exactly what we saw in that game. Now, Lage after the game decides to come and tells us that, you know, the guy played a hell of a game, played perfectly well. He did everything that the coaching staff asked of him. So, uh, I, and we'll get more into Lage after this, but it, it just seems like he's watching a totally different game than we do. Um, but fortunately for Benfica, Sferovic comes off the bench in one of the rare games that he decides to play football and, and he was able to to get an equalizer right away. Um, uh, well, actually right away he had a header that went off the crossbar, could have equalized yeah. it a little bit later. So, I mean, luckily uh, a guy that, as I've stated that that's looked like he's more interested in being somewhere else than a soccer field for me. came off the bench with the right attitude and he was able to, to get us up from under that hole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough, man, because I think that the team at this point is really in a fragile state. Uh, and I think that, uh, I don't even know if, if fans at study the luge would help this team at the fragile state that they're in, because, uh, the, the the discontentment that the fan base has currently with the team And since this league started Where we have squandered opportunity after opportunity Of taking the lead and running away with the lead uh, I think that fans would have felt Would have let themselves be heard at Stadio Luz at how discontent they are with this team. So I don't even know if fans in the stadium help. Um, Brum lash talks about, oh, you know, it, it, it's great when we have 60,000 fans behind us and they're supporting. But right now, it, it's very hard to find the, uh, a fan that could wholeheartedly heartedly 100% support this team and still be behind this team with what we've seen so far. And, and let's I'll give you some context, and, and I'm, I think that we, we've spoken about this before. Benfica was um, the only team that did not reduce salaries of their players uh, that did not lay off any workers for the club that treated these players like royalty uh, as a professional organization. Neither them nor their families had to leave their homes during the COVID. During the height of the pandemic in Portugal, everything was brought to them. Grocery shoppings, whatever, was brought to them. And you come back, uh, and it, it seems that this these players haven't shown the gratitude towards the club and uh, the effort that they put in. Now, there's little flashes of effort that you see. But there's nothing. There's no intensity. There's no urgency uh, from this team. Uh, and when you hear statements like Andrea Almeida said a couple weeks ago, uh, "We're doing everything that's asked of us," where's the disconnect? And we've already talked about the coach. We've already talked about a bunch of things. But it's it's really I'm I'm dumbfounded to to be honest with you guys about this this whole experience and and what has happened with Benfica. Uh, and today against Santa Clara, I think that there there was one nail on that final one one of those final nails on on the cuff on the coffin um, for me. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Rio uh, go ahead go, go. the Rewaf game was an important game. We ended up getting the three points. We come back out uh, now. We we face Santa Clara. We face Santa Clara today. Um, do you guys want to add anything else to the Rewav game I, 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 I mean
2: I think the rewave game is important to, to to note a couple of things I mean you talk about the second yellow card that 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 I forget his name now he got a what's his name give me a sec uh lineups uh M- M- Muzrari Muzrati, whatever his Muzrati, name is yeah yeah he wound up getting uh the first uh red card was N- what was it? you said the minutes before I'm afraid I don't Sixty know. seconds 60, 60 seconds yeah and look, that's that's a controversial play. A lot of people are questioning whether that should have been a, uh, that should have warranted a yellow or not. But to me, it's a clear yellow. He stops Rafa on the counter, steps on him, stops a, a very important uh, counterattack. and to me, that warrants a second yellow um, at any minute of the game. So therefore, I thought he, you know, he deserved the red card. And then you fast forward a few minutes later when Nunu Santos, you know, did one of those karate kid kicks to to PZ shoulder. And again, man, I, like there's, there's a lot of BS going back and forth, but that's in any league. That should be another red card. And look, Benfica, very fortunate that uh, that that you know, Riwav self-destructed there because it they just seemed like they were having a tough time. And, even, and then even after that, Alfredo, Benfica goes up two men, or I should say, Riwav goes down two men. Enrique is touching the ball around on Benfica. They seem to to, to 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 improve for a few minutes there where they're they're possessing the ball. They're moving the ball around. They're making Mefica chase and it just makes you scratch your head as what the hell is going on with with our team? It seems like these players have Uh, you know, stayed out on on, on the pandemic leave. They've stayed out with, you know, whatever the the symptoms that they thought they had in their heads, and they just – they have not recuperated. They've not come back to the football field and and, and played particularly well. Now, you could turn around on the other side and say, look, Chris, before the pause for the pandemic, Benfica wasn't playing relatively well as is. So then that leads – that leads to the greater question, at least the bigger questions Off rate as we talk, touched here, I should say on previous podcasts, which you start to question the coaching staff. And as I've said numerous times, it's, 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 there's only one or two things that's going on here. Either the players have tuned out the coach, um, you know, which that's a bad sign for the coach, or the coach is not able to transmit his message to the team, or the coach doesn't have any answers, which again, it's a bad omen on the coach. So things aren't looking particularly well in the Brun lodge household and then you see uh, after the game you know you know the, the the speeches that 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 or the talks I should say that, that 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 he comes out with you know like i mentioned on the previous podcast you know going out on to the beach or whatever the hell it was, and everything's fine. And now he comes, after, comes out after this game, post-game press conference. We played a hell of a game. I mean, he's looking at the stats. Yeah, if you look at the stats, you didn't watch the game. 14 shots for Benfica, four shots for Rewa, right? Okay, yo, that's terrific. You know, 59, 59% possession for Benfica, 41 for for Uh, Ten corners to four. Yeah, you're looking at the stats, it's a fantastic job, and I think that's what Bruno Lage is doing. I think rather than <laughs> watching the actual game, you're just looking at the stat sheet and assuming that Benfica played a hell of a game, where if you saw that game yourself, and all three of us here have, and we did, and anyone listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you guys have as well, you know that it wasn't as easy as that. You know that Benfica was very lucky to come away with the 86th or 87th-minute winner by by Vigo, and even then, Benfica seemed like they were on their back leg. Riwa was was kind of coming at Benfica, and they were tr- – causing danger and I know you don't have the stats up there maybe they weren't adding you know to shots on goal but they were still able to move the ball and get into the Benfica defensive third with ease and it was kind of like Benfica forced that the referee called the game off because if the game went on any longer it seemed like they were closer to getting another goal than what Benfica was and Benfica was up two men so it just it just boggles my mind and what's going on with this football team boggles my mind to what's going on with our football head coach on this team. It seems like he's lost his freaking mind. And it's just, I mean, right now, man, look, and as bad as this was, and like Alfredo said, this was in a win. And I'm, I'm going to let Timo get in here and talk about this rewild game, give his last thoughts, and Alfredo, you give yours as well. But we're looking at this game where we're thinking, shit, you know, this well, at least we got to win. Shit can't get any worse. And whew. Wait until we talk about today's game. <laughs> yeah, so not
1: to go back in time, but the two things that I noticed over these, the two previous games from today's, meaning the Portimonense game and then Ave was the first half. Benfica didn't lead in possession in either one of those games. You know, the Ave game was 50-50. The Portimonense game, they had the lead in possession. 54% for them. And... When have you ever seen Benfica do that against a team other than maybe the other two?
0: Mm.
1: We had no answers for them. You know, both these last two games have been atrocious. And I'm obviously not including today's because that's even worse.
2: And you're already discounting Tondela. Don't free all three games. No, <laughs> no, gonna, no, you're, you're right. Throw everything in. All three games, um, and including today's, right. now it four. We'll talk about that in a minute. But all three of those games, there was nothing pretty about it. Benfica had mm-hmm. a couple of opportunities. The players, and, and Alfredo, you, 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 we've talked about this. Now, I want you to jump in here because you're real you're real sneaky here. You, You, you let me... <laughs> you know get in trouble and, and say the thing two sides, it totally limpinho you know like Nene, cause so bronx, like everything always come out of the, come out of these podcasts nice and clean but i want you to give your opinion on this which is the players seem to turn it on and off i mean and and, and it's it's like there's i have a problem with that i think like you know you mentioned which should, I mean, which is pathetic that we're even talking about this, but the reality has to be said, right? The truth has to be spoken, which is, I think is one of the few clubs that actually paid these guys and babysat these guys and took care of their dogs and their cats and their side pieces and their grandmas and whatever the hell else they had. And the Rocking player groceries. should it was, it cooked from groceries. Everything. The players should. Be putting in a bit a little bit of a better effort that's just my opinion and and it shouldn't even have to come to that it should just be the fact that they're professional athletes and that's their job that's what they signed on that white piece of paper on that dotted line right was to always give their best whether they get paid i mean obviously if you're not getting paid we could we could sympathize with you but that's not the case
0: i think that um when they're on it i think it it goes back to personal pride Uh, right? Because Cristiano and all of us three here, we don't like to lose uh, regardless of of what it is. Uh, And when you lose and you're getting beat bad and you know that your quality is much better than that, there's a sense of pride uh, that gets triggered inside of you uh, and you don't want to let yourself down. You kind of want to prove yourself. So I think that when we see those moments where Benfica is on, um, or what certain players are on, I think that's the sense of pride taking it, uh, kicking in. Uh, now, the reason why Befica has, hasn't been able to uh, be more consistent in their efforts is because uh, the whole team, that trigger of the sense of pride doesn't trigger at the same time. So it's only moments. And when you're off, it just seems that there's that disconnect that the players have kind of stopped believing in, in what the coach is able to do for them or even the game plan that's put forth. Uh, I think they just have lost confidence in, in Laj at this point, uh, and I think that's when players shut off. Um, we've heard uh, and we've read – Tons of examples throughout history where players will walk through walls for certain coaches. And I, I don't think at this point there's a player on this roster that could say, I will walk through a wall uh, for Lodge, uh, because that is just the image that they're putting out right now. There's one.
2: <laughs> there's one guy, and he seems to be putting it out there on a the line. And whether he plays well or not, that's besides the point. But whether. You can't question his effort. And I think that Optus – and the only reason why I, I, I interrupted you here, Alfred, and I, I think it's important to say it's him in the book. It's not because I'm a fan of his. I think it's him because we all know Lodge is the guy that gave him the opportunity because prior to Lodge, my man was practicing at the beach by himself. So I think that might be one of the few guys that would run through a brick wall for this head coach, and that's because of other reasons uh, that I just stated. Yeah.
0: Fast forward to uh, today against Santa Clara at Stadio de Luzes. Befica's return to, uh, to Stadio Luz, And I'll give you, I'll give you the lineup. Um, Almeida was uh, right back. Diaz, Ferro, and Nun Tavares. Weigel and Gabriel. Pizzi on one side, Rafa on the other. Tarabt again. And this this time was Seferovic. So after uh, Seferovic making the entrance uh, in a riwav game and, and scoring a goal and looking like he was up for it uh Lars decided to give him uh, a chance but at this point and i'll ask you timo uh at this point of the season is this something that we should really be experimenting with because after all you got the league's best scorer on your team and yet this is second game in a row that you don't start them you bench them um
1: So, no, we should not be experimenting. However, Vinicius had a few games that he really didn't do much. You know, he had a few opportunities where the ball was laid at his feet and he literally looked like he was, you know, just trying to smash the ball into the back of the net without, like, any accuracy or whatever. Like he, I don't know if he looked if in the the past few games, if he's looked, say, flustered, but I think that's what it's been. He hasn't really been able to do much. So should we be, you know, testing different guys here and there? No, we shouldn't. We should stick with the guy who is the leading scorer in the league or the second leading scorer, whatever he is at this point. But I can see why Large was experimenting. Like, I I can understand. I mean, look at today. You know, a guy who hasn't counted the whole year all of a sudden comes in and plays 50 minutes in
2: Zyfovich. And look, look, I – I and actually, I'm leaving,
1: and I'm throwing that. That was a softball from Cristiano.
2: because so I know he's going to jump in. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, but look, I, I'm actually more understanding of, of of him throwing in Sferovic for Vinicius. Um, as opposed to to, to Diego Souza. Look, Vinicius is a guy, as you stated, Alfredo, league's leading goal scorer. Actually, he was tied with PZ coming into this game with 15 goals apiece. Today he scored two. Now he's in sole possession in, in, in first place with 17. PZ fifteenth. 15. Taremi from Riwav with 11. And Abreu from Madeira with ten and whatever. Now I'm not going to go down, Keep going down the list, but I could see this. Ferovic. looks. Ferovic came up, came came off the bench last week, as I stated. Had a couple of opportunities, got the goal in there to tie things up, and he came in. Looked like he was hungry. Looked like he was the same guy that we had seen last year when he scored thirty plus goals at Benfica. So like, oh you know, look, fine. Let's go. Let's kick the tires with this guy. Let's see what he what he could do because Vinicius has been kind of dormant since we've restarted here. I could live with that decision, Alfredo. Believe it or not, and look. Like you've mentioned, Vinicius leading goal scorer, but he hasn't been lighting the you know he hasn't been lighting up the back of the net lately. So I think at this point, Bruno Lage is in one of those situations where he's just out of answers. And right yeah. now, he's going to try anything and everything. As Timo mentioned, a guy who hasn't played in the league, who made I believe, if my memory serves me correct, made his Liga Nord debut. Well, this season, I should say, 2019-2020 season, his debut in the Portuguese league today was his very first minutes in the Portuguese league today. The very last time he played was in one of those uh,
0: Puglian, Puglian,
2: whatever one of those third division de Portugal games. He hasn't played in the league, and today, if you look, if you actually look at the time, it's been about 11 months since he's last played in the league. OK, and, and, and he's coming off the bench and he's playing very important minutes. All of a sudden, he jumped over Servi, he jumped over uh, 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 Jota, he jumped over Chiquinho. All guys that were key, important parts of the team at one point, he jumped them all over after, he got hit with a brick in the head. So, if I'm tarap, I'm I'm up. If I'm Samadis, I'm throwing myself in front of a brick wall. I'm throwing myself in front of a a train. I'm doing something to get some minutes. Anyone that's trying to fight for minutes on this Benfica team right now, go jump in front of a train. Go jump in front of a bus or something. And then maybe the team will have pity for you, and they'll throw you into the starting 11, or at least into the rotation in the very next game. That, to me, just smells of desperation. That, to me, smells of a guy that's out of ideas, out of... just doesn't know what to do tactically. And he just trying to see if there is one guy whether it's Ferović, Zivkovic if there's one soul in that locker room that hasn't given up on him yet a guy that will still fight because you're hungry you're not getting a lot of minutes and look just like that I mentioned before that might be one of the few guys because he's the guy that gave him life so now maybe Zivkovic I'm giving you life. Maybe you'll run through the wall for me, because the rest of the guys, sure as hell, are not running for that wall, through that wall for me. So it's a sign of desperation. The team has absolutely tuned this guy off. You stated last week. I made his comments. I mean, we just keep going back and forth, and we see instances. And then his decision making on game day, during the game, it just leads me to more questions. It leads me to believe even more so that he's he's begging someone to rescue him. He's begging someone to extend an arm and get him out of that deep pool that he's in because he's got no more footing, and no one is give, reaching out and handing him a, and giving him a hand. PZ's of the world, the Rafa's of the world, these guys. We're all swimming around, and we're chilling. We're not going to – I mean, I'm not going to go down with you. My man, you're on your own. And he's just begging someone to come out right now at this point and and give him another life. And it just seems like, you know, to to, to, to Zikovic's credit, to be brutally honest with you, he played relatively well. I mean, when you consider a bunch of mediocre players around there, look, he didn't look out of place. For a guy that hasn't played in forever, for a guy that might be a few pounds overweight, hey, look, he looked like – as far as I've seen – based on what we've seen from Bruno here in this since the restart of the, of football now in, in, in Portugal don't discount Zivkovic starting next week's game the very or whenever the next game is i Zivkovic will probably be in there starting remember i said it here first
0: um yeah i i think that Pizzi has definitely checked out i mean there's moments in a game where you don't even know whether Pizzi's playing or not he has He stopped being that influential player that he used to be with a lot of touches on the ball. Uh, And if he's getting assists these days, it's because he's taking the corners or he's taking free kicks. Um, But other than that... Or they're just and missing, like we saw in Portimoirens. And they actually counted that as an assist. I can't believe that counted as an assist. But hey, (laughs) Andre Almeida's goal. Yeah. no, But uh, you know, guys have checked out. Even Andre Almeida, who was always super active today a shadow of himself these guys have and, and look the, when you look when you say names like pizzi and, and andre almeida uh these guys are pillars uh in this locker room right they uh, both of them have worn the, the captain's armband as a matter of fact almeida has probably worn the, the captain's armband more than any other player uh, this season for benfica even though he was he was out uh quite a few uh, quite a few, uh weeks. Uh, but these are pillars in the locker room. If, and if your pillars of the locker room have checked out, uh, then I, d- I don't know. It's like Shannon said, you're, you're in a deep end, man. And you're hoping your desperation that the guy that you have treated like shit all season is now going to save you. Yeah, the guy that you kicked into the pool, you're hoping that he could swim and he could, he could get your ass
2: <laughs> out of that pool. That's that's what he's hoping for. Look, Alfredo, as you can imagine, when Benfica wins, my phone is—I don't want to say silent, but it's it's calm, it's calm. But when Benfica loses, my phone is 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 blowing up to the point where I have to ignore many calls and texts and whatever the point whatever the, whatever it may be. But that being said, today Benfica's Abysmal performance. I had a few conversations with people very close to Benfica. Might or might not be inside the locker room, as you know. I don't want to drop anybody's names, but it the word I'm getting is that these guys have no heart. They uh they don't give a crap. They don't they just don't care whether they win or lose and they've checked out. And this is all they want. This is what I was told. Uh And this is by more than one person. Obviously, different words were used in there, but basically the consensus is that these guys just don't give a crap. They don't, to them, win or lose. um, And they're very surprised that things have have turned this way. But at the end of the day, man, there's just – the leadership on this team is very weak. We saw very influential players leave – after last season, we saw on leave in the middle of the season sometime. A guy who had been there 15 years. Um, a team icon, whether you like it or not. The guy's won the most trophies in the history of the club. He's, he's an icon, of voice. Uh, you know, he wasn't always a, a team first guy, as we know, with the con- contract disputes and, and and trying to get him. But whatever. At the end of the day, he was a guy in the locker room that players listen to. Jonah's very influential. Uh, Savio, very, very influential. Samadi's had a very influential voice. It seems like his voice has been diminished a little bit this year. There is... That leadership, the guys that the young players, or even the players on the outside, on the periphery, you know, that are just trying to follow what's going on with, with, with the leaders of this team. Now they look into the likes of, Andre Almeidas, Bizis, Rafa's, you know, it, it, it's totally different when you mention those three guys, and you compare it to Luizão, some, uh, Luizon, Jonas, and Salvio. Think about the difference in experience, the, 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 the you know, the, the where they've come from, right? The, they like the, the star power that those guys have had, right? They've played for Brazil a national team, Argentina national team, played in La Liga, with the exception of Luizão, who played for the most part his whole career in Portugal. The other guys, very, very recognizable names. A lot of these guys, these youngsters that are coming to the team have, have seen these players play for Argentina in World Cups, in Brazil, with, in the Copa Americas, and, in La Liga, and whatever. And now you go from that to guys in your locker room who are very easily checking out. But who might be the leaders and, you know, and, and turning their back on the coaching staff. It just seems like there is something that's triggered. And we talked about the, the purchase of Vigo, and We talked about other instances. And it's, it's really tough to pinpoint. But I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Bruno Lodge has got five games, even if it lasts that far. But I think he's got five more games on his Benfica career. And I think it's Sayonara after that. Because I, I really don't think – Aurelis. I don't think Luis Vieta could salvage this. I don't think that if, if Benfica do, you know, go ahead and and, and come in second and, and allow Porto to come away with the title, I, I don't think Luis Vieta could spend this and bring him back for next
0: season. I just don't think he could do that. Yeah. Um, it it kind of, as, you, as you're mentioning, names like Salvi, Lujonis, and, and Luizão as being leaders, and I... I completely understand uh, how these guys were, were role models for a lot of players, but here, here's the thing, man. And I didn't, I didn't want to make it about, you know, uh, ethnicity or, or nationality, but the guys that are more familiar with the history of Benfica, Almeida, Rafa, Pizzi, compared to these three other guys who have adopted, Benfica as their club who have appreciated everything that benfica has given these were the three guys that were the leaders in the locker room and now these three guys that are more um in tune with what benfica is about what dna is about what the mystic is about they're not being leaders at this point because regardless of whether or not they have abandoned the coach and have disconnected complete from the coach there should be a sense of pride that these guys have. And as leaders, they should be leading this team, especially the young players and especially some of the other players that are probably not so in tune with what this team is about. Uh, we have seen now the emergence of uh, Weigel, right? Because it seems that he's the one guy that has emerged from this pause wanting to play. Uh, and you see this guy giving Everything on the field. And he's a guy that just joined he's a the professional. team. That's he's still a professional. learning. That's still learning what this team is about, what the culture of this team is about. But I'll answer that. I'll answer that real quick, Alfredo, and real simple. Some
2: people might not like it, but I, but I don't particularly care. Rewind the tape. Bring this back to Benfica Podcast 360, whatever. When we had our boy Anton, Sergio Anton with us, former Benfica Academy player, and we talked about the best players he's played with, and some of the, you know, the hungriest players he played. We talked about youth soccer, and we we combine all that conversation. It goes back. You talk about the Jonas stuff, These guys come from poverty. These guys come from having to to fight for every single thing that they got. And then you talk about the PZs of the world, the Almeidas of the world, guys who've been coddled. They came up through Benfica system, and PZ not so much, but still came up through Portugal, not not really having to worry about where his next meal is coming from. Guys are just hampered compared to the other guys that we're talking about. The other guys don't need to know the history of Benfica. They just know that when they're in Argentina and in Brazil, they know Benfica is a European giant. That's all they know. Or not the giant that they used to be, but they know that that's a, that's a pathway to get to the big show in European football, that they could partake in Champions League football. And they're going to have to fight for every step, for everything that they've gotten in their careers. Right, and they know they'll never forget that, and they like to represent themselves because they're professionals. At the end of the day, I'm here today, but tomorrow I may not be. These are the guys of coddled, just like we talked about, and this is why you could you could bring everything in and reel everything into this conversation. You talked about paying the salaries and doing everything and, and and pampering their freaking pets and and watering their grass and taking their freaking um their their, their fish for walks. You know what I mean? The whole nine, like they were pampered. <laughs> yeah they're pampered, they're goldfish. they took them for a freaking walk. You know, like it, those are the guys that didn't get that. They had to fight for everything they got in their careers, and so it's totally different leadership. It's a totally different mentality, and it seems like these guys have tuned the coach off. It seems like Jafiamaama seems like they've made up their minds on this guy, and they're ready to move on and look. I'd be okay with that if we're talking... I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. I don't remember. I talk so much, man, every freaking day with so many different people. I forget what I say half the time. But they are setting this guy up for failure. And I'd be okay if we're talking about Messi and Ronaldo, these big football giants, right? Because they've done the same for Rui Vitoria. They set him up. And now it seems like... They're doing it again. I'd be okay with one time, but now it's like, now you start to think these pampered bastards are going to do it every time they don't like a coach. At the end of the day, you should be professional, right? You're a freaking professional. Don't like the coach. But at the end of the day, you got to be out there representing yourself, as you stated earlier, for pride. Then you combine again the fact that these guys treated you like prima donnas when the whole world was at a standstill. You were still being pampered. You You owe more. To the fans, you owe more to the club. You owe at least to give it your all and represent this club with dignity and fight to the very end, win or lose, but fight. We don't see that because these guys are pampered. Today, we saw something today at the Style of the Lose that no Benfica used to, in the history of Benfica, in the history of the world, in the history of football has ever seen, which is Benfica going five consecutive games at the Style of the Lose without a victory. It's the first time Benfica have ever done that in their 116 year history. It's the first time in 23 years they've allowed four goals at home. And these guys are all okay. And the coaching staff us to come up after the game. Oh, Bob, you know, Oh, it's just, it was a misplay here and there, you know, Oh, the ball bounced. It was one corner and not to take credit, but they got lucky. Like, bro, you should be ashamed. And as I tweeted that Mario jumped in and he said, look, let's, let's also throw in first time in, in history, in Portuguese league, that a club got zero points in the champions league and this, and it's just, yo, Ruiz Flippiano is just setting all types of new records, but unfortunately, they're not the ones we want to set. They're all negative records. And, like, at some point, we need accountability from the players, from the coaching staff, from the president. There's so many questions that I have, and I'm, I'm going to let you guys know because I could just keep going. I could keep ranting because I can get into the finances. I can, there's just so much BS around this club right now. that, Look, me as a fan, I, 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 just, I can't comprehend it, but maybe the players themselves are fucking confused. It's just, just so much shit going around this club right now, and none of it is positive.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Cristiano. I think that somebody needs to be a, a, a man, uh, whether it's Luis Vieira, whether it's Laj, whether it's Rui Costa. You need to give show your face, and you need to step up, and you need to address the, the pain points. You need to address the, the fans discontentment with this whole thing. You need to address why your club is just en-shambles uh, loading. But Alfredo with no 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 steady yeah. Route to go.
2: You're right. And I agree with you. But in this instance, as we speak right now on this Tuesday evening after 4 3 loss at home to Santa Clara, I think the only man that's really got to come out and and, and take the accountability is the head coach. Because look, and and I'm not defending Luis Leviata, but Luis Leviata kind of did that in that game against Ondela. He went into a lot of ripped up the players and everybody got mad. Fans alike. Oh, you can't go in the locker room. But like anytime, like, and again, I'm not defending the guy. But he did he tried to go in there and put some pressure what happened Nothing. he saw newspapers he saw you know leaks here and there where they're not happy i can't believe he said this and this man this look there's only i guess so much you could do right now the coaching staff it ain't even rui costa what's rui costa gonna say what's rui costa gonna say at this but point
0: I, but i think that here's the thing a lot of people look up to rui costa um to be an influential member of of this directive. Uh, And I I think that right now I I struggle to even understand what Rui Costa's role is, aside from being at the end of the tunnel and wishing every player good luck. And look, I I love Rui Costa. I love him as a player. I love him as a benfiquista. But I think that his his involvement in this directive, his involvement in this team, leaves a lot to desire. Uh, We had the experience with with Rui Vitoria. Now we have the experience with Lodge, Uh and and Rui Costa comes out only on selective times, whether he 's making an appearance at his uh as a, at his soccer team park, whatever that is, or he 's making an appearance uh somewhere for the club uh But I think at this point and, and yes, I would think that the the number one person that needs to step up and and show face is Lage, much like he has said. We know we have we've had this problem in defense for nine for since since the beginning and for nine months they haven't been able to do anything to correct it. Uh, he knows he should know exactly what the problem is with this team. Uh, after all, I don't think he's that dumb of a coach. He understands X's and O's. Um, we've heard Laj, Laj speak. <laughs> uh, we've heard Laj, I've heard Laj speak on coaching intelligently and and coherently and making tons of sense, and I, I love this discourse in terms of talking tactics and, and X's and O's, so why isn't he more forthcoming uh, and in the same discourse that he had earlier in, uh, last season or earlier in his in his senior career at uh, Benfica? Now it just seems that he spends press conferences addressing things that came out in a newspaper, attacking him for for this or that, brings papers with stats about how many Guys have have played how uh, much possession they've had. You know, it's all it's all nonsense. He's he's gotten away from that, and I think that he's he's not the only one at fault in in this whole issue. But I think that as a head coach, you have to be the one figure that comes out and speaks to the fans and speaks to the, you know the mass.
2: Look, you Luis Rivera is in a very he's between a a, wall and a and a hard place right now, right? He, he's kind of sink or swim with Lodge because if he fires him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be another one, another notch on the, on, on the people that are against him that he doesn't know not about the, the department of football that, you know, he should really bring in, which in reality he should bring in somebody that, that's really a specialist in that, that knows, understands how to run a football organization um, because if he fails with this guy, it's, it's going to be another one that he failed with. Right. And the, the elections are coming up and he's kind of like hoping that this guy's able to save him. I, I, just, I just don't know. I, just, I look, he's in a tough, he's in a tough, tough position. And I, I think for the very first time since 2003, he's, he's actually going to have someone uh, very well, at least, you know, the fans or the saucers are really going to think hard about whether to vote for us, You know, one of his what do, we call what do you call him, contestants. What do you call the person that go, runs against you?
0: Hello. Any help?
2: I'm I'm dance, I'm, I'm, dance like, partners.
0: Dance partners.
2: Just <laughs> dance. You, you say, Timo? Contenders. Whatever. Yeah, contenders. Uh, dance partners, swimmers, contestants, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, I, th- I think I think that people are really going to, for the first time in a very long time, think twice about what they should do. And I think he's in a very tough spot because if he fires this guy right now. It's gonna look like once again he's lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. And and, and I was all for like, yo, if, if you think you still have a chance of winning this company, not you gotta do it, but it's five games left. In reality, now you lost and Porto really out of has a four game a four point lead on you. So Porto has to drop four yeah. points. It, it's not three, it's four points in, in, in the remaining five games. So even if you fire them and, you, and you know, and you win the rest of five games, you might not still Six. not be enough. The, there's six games? I thought
0: yeah. there was five games. Six. Whatever. Still, yeah. Timo, still T- 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 man, what, what, what's, your, what's your take, man? And at what point are you expecting somebody to uh, show face?
1: Well, that should have happened quite a while ago already. Um, as you both have stated, basically this whole year has been pretty terrible. Um, other than like for a, a very small stretch where they seem decent. Um, my issue with Lages. last year when he took over, he was, his press conferences actually made sense. He didn't let the noise, you know, bother him. You know, he was quick with his, with his responses, like little retorts, you know, without being an ass, if you will, but, you know, sticking to the game. Um, and then this year, I don't know, he just sounds like the bumbling idiot that Rui Vitoria became. Yeah, you know a lot of the stuff that he's saying now. It's like, really, you really think this team is playing well? I mean, you have guys that are missing wide open chances in front of goal, that you know, left and right. Not even like getting a save out of the goalie, and you're thinking they're playing well. I'm like, no. Um, to harp on Luis Fierro, you know, I've I've had this conversation many a time with a few other people, you know. I appreciate everything he's done for the club up until now, even though I don't know half of the stuff, you know, that he's truly done, money wise, if you will. You know, we know basically at one point was six hundred million in debt or whatever it is, and now we're somewhere around $350, 400 million, whatever. One would think by now we should have close to zero debt with the amount of money we've made on player sales. Yes, we all know third parties get a big portion of it, blah, blah, blah. Agencies, you name it. My issue really is in any other sport, the owner of the team doesn't really play a big part in the team that gets put on the field or on the court or anything else. They're really just the owner of the team. I know he's not the owner, but you know what I mean, you know, president owner, whatever. Uh Hugh said to me, I think at this point, really hasn't told me anything. If he's the sporting director, Let's call it the GM, if you will. What has he done for us? Yeah, I just don't see anything. You know what I mean? You would think somebody like him, who understands what it is to wear the shirt, should be putting a hell of a lot more effort, not only you know with the current team that there is, but also with who comes into the team. You know, I don't want to go back on the whole loss of the Penta, but you know, did Julio Cuarzo really think Vidal was? the goalkeeper to lead us to the Penta, was there not anyone else that could have said, hey, look, you really think this is the guy who's going to carry us, you know? If we had Vlaka that year, we would have been Penta champions. You know, so to me, I think, yes, Lars needs to come out and he needs to explain what the hell is going on. You know, you got guys like who was forgotten being the one who's doing the most work on the field right now who seems to be killing himself pretty much for the whole time he's on the pitch. Yeah. You got a leader who everybody says is, is the leader in Ruben Dias, who to me, even he seems out of it. You know, a lot of these set piece or, you know, dead ball goals that they're giving up like on corners or whatever, him and Ferro have been just atrocious. Yeah. There was the goal today. He kind of, you know, just half-heartedly jumped up in the air and the guy got a free header. I mean, a lot of people need to answer, but I think, I, I think it's large and quick costa And as, yeah. as little as Luis Lugera knows about, you know, on-field stuff, I don't want him anywhere near that kind of decision-making. And if he has any decision-making on what players get brought in or whatever because, you know, he can sell them later on for money, I don't want that. Then he needs to go, too.
2: Yeah, see, I don't think I don't think has to no, to it, it, because he's I think he's there sure. as an honorary honorary member of of the staff. I really, me, I really don't think it's in his control, Alfredo. I think but it's sort of let ridiculous.
0: me um let, let me put it this way for you, uh, Cristiano. And, and and I I do understand what you're saying in terms of what his position and his role at the club is right now, and perhaps that doesn't warrant for him to show face in public, uh, right? But I do think. Uh, that as a Benficista, as somebody who's worn uh, the shirt, as somebody who has gone through multiple uh, successful uh, clubs in Europe, uh, right? Uh, and as somebody who's also a fan, uh, when you strip all of this out, um, you should know what the mass, what the fan base wants. Uh, so regardless of whether it's his role or not, more than anything, he understands what the demands are and what the expectations of the fan base is. And with that in mind, and understanding the experience that he's had, and having uh, also uh, a very deep understanding of what the locker room dynamics are and what goes on in training sessions, I think for that alone, he would he should probably come out now. I get. I get it. But I, I think I think he's
2: he understands all that and you're right. He should get it and he does. I think he does. But for him to come out and not have and not give his his, his real opinion and not give his real thoughts because maybe he's just this is out of my control. I think he might feel that he's his doing hands are tied. he's doing he's doing the fans a disservice and not being honest with himself. And then maybe mm-hmm. that'll come back to bite him in the end in the mm-hmm. behind years down the line because he, what's he really going to tell you? Like, hey, guys, uh, players got to play better. Like, if he's going to come out and give his opinion, he might be burning bridges with the coach. He might be really putting the final nail in the coffin on Bruno Lodge because he feels that maybe he'll say, you know, the players need to give more to coaching. And so he's really, like Timo said, tied with his hands behind his back. There's really not much wiggle room, and he's just alone for the ride because he might not agree with a lot of this stuff. But at this point, what's, what's he going to do? He's going to tell the BV, I feel for you. You're right. I'm with you. And they're going to say, okay, fix it. But then he can't.
0: But yeah, but he, 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 I think that he, he, kind of runs the risk of, of really, uh, painting himself as a yes man to fleet Theater, and I think ultimately he's gonna end up damaging the reputation or at least how uh, Benfica fans perceive him. Uh, I think, uh, and a lot of people are looking for Costa to be the the next Benfica president, if you will, and 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 a lot of people are saying that. That's what he's being groomed for, uh, even though that Tiago Pinto has also been mentioned as somebody that the president wants to groom to take over really? some of uh, his, uh, his activities along the team. Um, but I don't know. I just think that at this point, a lot of people perhaps would heed more the words of Rui Costa than they would heed the words of Luis Filipe or anybody in the directive uh, right now. Um I didn't, you know, we've, we've kind of gone on a, on a, on a ramble. And I think that, you know, within reason, obviously, I didn't want to get away from the game, um, but just the just a, a complete uh, shit show and, and, and not that Santa Clara is uh, is a bad team. And I know that a lot of uh, um, the folks that, that follow us and, and, and perhaps Timo included that if they're not cheering for Benfica, they're cheering for Santa Clara because of their Azores uh, roots Obviously, I know that Kevin does for sure. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: I, I mean, I don't want to say I
0: don't root for them. I
1: mean, I'd like to keep them up in the top flight, but I root for one club and one club only, right. and it's right there. But, they, but they, 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 I mean, I I don't hate Pompicata. I obviously have a couple of their shirts. Um, one of them was a gift from Kerry. Um, but, you know, I want them to do well. I know people that have played for the club, you know, and so I don't love them, but I don't dislike them. I respect them. But based on what you were just saying as well, you know, they've been a pretty good team away from home. Yeah. This this season. You know, I think they've played way better away than they did, you know, there and something else. So I mean, I wasn't expecting them to pull out a win today. I was expecting them to put up a fight, a really close game. You know, I was looking at a one nothing, you know, one one Two nothing, two one type of game, maybe two two. I wasn't looking at them to score four goals away.
0: Yeah, so
1: they. I mean, Benfica, you yeah. know,
0: they they they, they uh, go up on a, on a scoreboard right in the dying minutes of the of the first half, and that was a, a Tavares mistake as Benfica is transitioning quickly into uh, into no, the attack. It was, no, it's it Tavares it was, screwed it was, up was, on a pass. Screwed up on the pass, oh, the pass. and he yeah, 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 Put yeah. the guy one uh, on right. one. He put him a bad spot. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, and look, up until this point, they had enough chances that they probably warranted a goal already. Benfica did have a couple chances. halfa uh, missed a couple. A uh, but uh, he um, you know. Santa Clara goes into the locker room feeling good about themselves. Uh, Benfica makes a double substitution at the half. Zivkovic and Vinicius come in for Gabriel and Seferovic. Uh Then we get the equalizer on a, on a kind of a, a a little scruffy play by by Rafa. A uh, couple short dribbles and he's able to tuck uh, tuck it away uh, after an Almeida uh, assist. Uh, then a dead ball situation. Um, Santa Clara goes up. Uh, then Vinicius. Gets to to put us up at uh, 3-2 in the 65th minute. Uh, 3-3, the childish penalty by Ruben Diaz, who, uh, despite of of whether uh, having some contact with Fabio Cardozo, um, still stuck out of his hand, which was not natural of the motion of his body. Uh, And I think that's why he got called. 3-3. um, and then uh, it's just another another situation that uh, that Benfica put themselves in and that Santa Clara is able to grab the 4-3. I think it was another dead ball situation. That, I'm oh, no, 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 no. It was, uh, it was, no, uh, that it was, was a, the, the ferro the thing. That was the one
1: I was talking about,
0: yeah. Yeah, and here's here's the question yeah. that I'll ask you guys, right? So Benfica, uh, Santa Clara actually had uh, two players uh, that were brought up in Benfica's youth ranks. Uh And probably those who could start on this team that played today, Uh, Rafa Ramos, who spent some time at at the MLS in in Orlando and also in Chicago, also played at right back. I think he would give Almeida a run for his money. Uh, But, uh, you know, this Santa Clara team has been doing well all season. They've done well last season. Uh, They they did well this season again. Uh, And it doesn't surprise me. And as Timo mentioned, uh, there were – perhaps poised to give Benfica a hard time to make it a close game, but no one, no one fathomed that they would score four goals to win 4-3 uh, on Benfica in Stadio Luz. And as Cristiano mentioned, 1997 was the last time that Benfica gave up four goals at Estádio Luz uh, versus Salgerus. Uh So that's uh, 23 years ago uh that's probably uh older than uh, a lot of uh, our audience members but uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't pretty man it wasn't pretty and i think that um, at this point and and then listening to to Lodge's presser uh accusing uh journalists of of wanting to put somebody in his position of uh, uh i know people. Guys are probably paying you to to uh, put some put them in in my position. You're, you are probably playing trips, uh, you know. I and then this again. This speaks to what Timo was saying. He's just he's just lost it. He's just lost look, it. How so do that, you come out and accuse the media of wanting to put a coach in oh. his place? And look, before we get to that, man,
2: I I, I need to touch the football side of things, which is. Look, I get that Santa Clara's played relatively well over the last two seasons, but come on, man. There, there is absolutely no excuse. No. You're up three-two at home, fifteen minutes to go at home against a team that has absolutely no business being on the field with you, and you and you flop this game or whatever the hell. I'm trying to use a polite word because you know it's another f-word. I wanted to throw that out there, but I'm trying to be polite here, and you throw this game away. Look. Not taking anything away from Santa Clara, but that is inexcusable that you're able to turn this over and give up the three points to a team that has no business at home. Bruno Lage needs to start sticking to footballing matters and stop trying to entertain and come up with his conspiracy theories and all this bullcrap that he comes up in the press conferences, post game press conferences. This team is broken. We've talked about this. Over and over and over again, this team is not playing football. There is absolutely no reason as to why a team like Santa Clara is able to come down from two goal, from three two and, and turn this game around when four three at the style of the lose. When we have better players, better athletes, better, better everything at home, it's inexcusable. And I think we need to just remind them when Gabriel got a yellow, Diaz got another yellow, and I believe they both missed the next game due to yellow card accumulation, if I'm not mistaken. I know. Uh, Gabriel for sure and I think Ruben
0: um yeah. is on the list. those those two yeah but you know you you're right it's it's uh, absolutely unacceptable for a team like Benfica playing their own stadium and regardless of whether they're playing in front of their 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 fans or not uh you should not let a team come and shout luge uh, and do what they want of you uh, Did you catch
2: Vinicius pre- post game press conference right on the field who's Vinicius No I didn't it was talking about, we, you know, we miss our fans. We, we like having our fans in the stands to support us and push. I mean, come on, give me a break. Give me a freaking
0: break. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like I was saying earlier, I don't think, I don't think they would like the fans to be in the stadium because a lot of them would probably go you're into hit, the hit, locker you're room and whistles.
2: cry. It'd be handkerchiefs all, all, all over the stadium. It'd be all yep.
0: white. Whistles. white white. Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah,
1: that was Ruben's fifth. It
2: was his fifth.
0: Yeah, but, you know, and we're looking at this as this defensive line and the the mistakes that they've made. uh, And clearly, uh, regardless of how talented they can be and the enormous potential that they could have uh, right now, uh, an experienced defensive line, which Mifika has, when you start Tavares, Ferro, and Diaz, albeit Diaz being the more experienced of the three, uh, you open yourself up for mistakes. Uh, so you had Ferro um, with the mistake you had Tavares with the mistake and then you got Ruben Diaz that every once in a while he has these brain freezes that just uh, that, that, that just get us into trouble gets him into trouble it's inexcusable um, I don't know what, can, what good can come of this uh, as Cristiano mentioned this is now four points uh, right, so it's not a matter of Porto losing a game and us winning a game to be equal on points because we all know that the head-to-head at the end of the championship is always going to favor Porto because uh, they've beaten us twice. Uh, but it's four points, and, and I mean I'm looking at the the six remaining games between uh, for Porto and Benfica, and as we mentioned before, as Cristiano mentioned, we. Definitely have the hardest path, and, and regardless of after us restarting the league, it's been uh, very inconsistent in terms of uh, what results team have, teams have put forward, especially Porto uh, and Benfica. But we have we travel to Maritim, then we have Boa Vista at home, we go to Famalicão, we have Guimarães at home, we go to, to Vila das Aves, to play Esportivo das Aves, and we finish at Stadio Luz with Sporting Porto goes to Passos, uh, which is a team that's fighting um, for, for for not to be relegated, a Longo team, of course. Then they host Bolens, and that's usually a, an easy one. They go to Tondela, host Sporting, host Moreirense, and finish off in Braga. Uh, the only two that I could see Porto logically losing some points would most likely be Sporting and Braga. The other ones, I think that Porto is not going to squander this new opportunity that we have given them. What do you guys think? I,
2: I agree, bro. I agree. And look, the thing is this. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm as positive as you uh, about, about Porto not dropping points in other games, but the one thing I'm positive about is Benfica is going to drop points along the line. So it, it's still four yeah. points to pick up, and we can't drop any. And that's the thing that I have the most doubts about is the fact that Are we going to go the remaining six games without without dropping any points? Because that's really what it's going to take. It's going to take for us to win six out of six. Something that we haven't done in months, which is play well and squeak (laughs) out. wins. I mean, let's just be brutally honest. Do you have any confidence that Befica could win six games in a row? I absolutely do not. And then on top of it, you need Porto to drop four points along the line and you got to go six and out. Come on, bro. It's just, look, play the remaining of the games. Do what you got to do. Pat you know, pad your stats and, uh, and let's reset. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think, bro? Uh, I'm with you. Um,
1: I think out of all the games that we have left, um, well, should I say Porto? I think the only one that could possibly take points from them is probably going to be sporting because I think they're the ones who are playing the best right now from what I've seen. Um, Other than that, I don't think they're going to drop points. But like Cristiano said, I don't think, um, I'm not comfortable with us never mind everyone else I, I worry more about Benfica and our current situation um to go back on to your comment about the defensive line you know I I don't see anything good out of Tomás Tavares at all tells who is a show of himself after whatever injury it looked like he picked up against uh one of the Champions League games you know and even before that he was already rough um no me begging to have Andra Almeida at the right back position over Tomas Savage is very telling, you know. <laughs> so I mean I'm not I'm not very keen on us going six and zero. Oh. You know, I, I don't even know that we'll win four out of those six games, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. I agree with it, you. It, and that's
1: and that's scary for me to be saying that, you know, how much I love the club and I really can't see Batika winning four out of four out of the six. Never mind, six out of the
2: six. We might, we might win four out of the six if they fire Lodge in one of these next two and then the players decide to show up and play for whoever it takes over the rest of the season.
0: Well, here, here's a here's a hypothetical scenario for, for you guys, right? So let's say that the uh, president sees a light and contrary to the last light he saw, uh, the light tells him to fire Lodge. So in the morning, Lodge doesn't have anyone. Um Do they now bring somebody just to carry this team to the end of the season and by the same token, they set the expectations on players saying, look, you have these last six games to prove that you're capable of playing for this club. And if you don't prove yourself from now until then, we're going to find a way to get rid of you. Does somebody handle this team for the rest of the season uh, and kind of, if the problem is with Lodge, and a uh, lot's points to the problem is with Lodge, do you refresh things and let the players prove themselves for the, for the remaining six games? As I stated earlier, Alfredo, uh, the only way that
2: happens, the only way Luis Riviera is going to get away from Brundt Lodge is if, if the, the wheels really fall off the wagon here in the next two, three games. Like, that's the only way. He's gonna get away from him. He's gonna try to keep him around as long as possible. Because as I stated, he makes that decision to let him go, and then it's gonna really open up, you know, the, the 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 gates. It's really gonna open up questions for for everything else. He has to hope and pray that he's able to turn it around. If not, then he's going to most likely over the summer let him go, and run um, his campaign around a coach with a pedigree. Uh, that could come into Benfica and change things around. And He's going to try to win the elections on that. I think that's what he's going to do. I don't think he's going to let Lodge go. Unless Lodge, again, Benfica lose the next two games, and it's kind of like, listen, we can't make this up. You got to go right now to bring someone in to to calm things down, keep things stable, because we need to, at the end of the day, finish in the top two to get that Champions League spot, which I believe is still qualifiers this season. So Mm -hmm. they can't trip up. They can't allow the rest of the season to be a negative and they need to make sure they at least get that because that's 43 very important million bucks in their bank account.
0: Timo, what's, uh, what's your thought, man? Uh, because Luis Lufierre, as Cristiano mentioned, he's faced with a, a very important decision just a few months away from election.
1: I think at this point, he's just going to stick with Lodge. I can't see him firing him, even if they he could trips up the next game or two. um, because if he lets him go, then it's kind of like saying, Hey, look, I made a mistake and that shows weakness, I think, or he could think it would show weakness. Um, So at this point I think we're stuck with Lodge until the end. And then that's when decisions will be made. Um, Going on your comment about the players showing, you know, who is capable of playing at Benfica. I mean, at this point it's, You know, we've seen what these guys are capable of when they're on a good day. We've seen what they're capable of, um, you know, when their backs are up against the wall. I mean, look at last season. Their backs were up against the wall, and, you know, these guys won how many games in a row? You know, they played how well? Um, Or is that this season before? Everything's all messed up now. Um, But you have a lot of guys out there who, you know, have heart and would be willing to die for the club but they kind of get thrown to the side and that kind of pisses me off um but to get back on topic yeah no i think i think we're stuck with lodge until the end of the season and okay. then after that god knows who the hell he's going to bring in because you know with the way the club of our size and you know of how well known we are if you will in the world of football um, who the heck is going to want to come here?
2: There's only one guy. There's only one guy. Because everyone else, everyone else you guys want, everyone else that you guys want to come in, they're not going to want to come in with handcuffs on them. They're not going to want to come in with a, with a president that's not going to spend to strengthen their squad. They're not going to want to come in with the president. that's going to get to January and sell key important players off their roster. Nobody is going to want to, at least the guys with pedigree. Now you're going to go to a no name guy, another Bruno Lage, another review. You're going to, you're going to find 500 of those, but anyone with a pedigree, anyone that's going to come in and give the fans any type of confidence, those guys are not going to want to come. Yeah. But, uh, I, we, but I don't
1: even think that one guy who you want would come, come. because yeah. he knows he'll be a handcuffed.
2: He's dying to come because the only way he comes – hold on, afraid. Let me answer Steve, uh, uh, Timo's question. The only way he comes um, – Call me Steve. The only way he comes, Timo, the only way he'll agree to come is knowing. And I think by him bringing him back, he'll admit that he's been – it's going to be one of those let me get back on good graces. Let me show you that I've changed. Let me show you that I'm prioritizing – these are the companies. Let me show you that I'm really going to invest in the team because the only way the other guy comes and the only way that he goes gets them is if all those things are aligned. That's the only way.
0: Yeah, but don't you think that uh, with Benfica spending 22, $20 million or $22 million on RDT, then spending another $20 million on Vinicius, then now spending $17 million on Weigel, don't you think that kind of also signals an intent of Benfica wanting to bring to bring players or wanting to spend money and quality players. By the way, it was 22 on Vigo and 17 on Vinicius, but
2: who else counting? And, and, and the money on RDT washed out. They sold them back for another 20. And they spent the same money on, on, on Vigo. So I, I, I get your question, but I, I, still don't think, I still don't think that's enough, Alfredo. I think there's many, many other questions. I think the Vinicius uh, transfer, I think even the Vigo transfer to a certain extent it's one of those with intentions of a year or two down the line. It's one of those, let's spend the 20 mil now and hope to flip them for 45 in a couple of years. It's, it's the intention. I think that whomever comes in is going to want to know that if they do get a Vinicius, for example, for 20 mil, that they're going to stick around for more than a season or two. They're going to know that they're going to invest on a back line as opposed to having four kids made out of Seychelles who are absolutely lost. And again, not not because they're necessarily bad players, but because these guys aren't accustomed to playing with each other now in a couple of seasons. They have no, no familiarity with one another. You know, they're going to need to invest in the right spots, in the right sectors of the team. They're going to want to know that if they bring up a Jerome Felix, again, look, you're never going to turn down $120 million plus. I get it. But you're going to try to keep as many of those kids around as opposed to offloading them. And I think that's going to be part of their whoever – whatever the new, the next head coach is going to be. If he's not going to be a yes, man, I think he's going to need those assurances before he comes in, because I think you'd be stupid to come in and, and set yourself up for failure. No, I
0: think but that you're going to you.
1: Like I, I get your, your love with JJ and believe me, I love the JJ years. They were great for the most part, beautiful football, you know, enjoyable, didn't really worry against the big teams. Um, you know, that's when Benfica had balls, if you will. And and I loved watching that. But for JJ to come in, it can't be this president who's going to allow him to do whatever he wants in terms of screwing up with Bernardo Silva. Yeah, no. JJ if, would... Hold JJ. On, but, oh, no, but hold on. Right. If JJ was here, would Juan had have been given a chance? You know, JJ had his faults, too. He didn't want certain players. He needed his guys... He liked experience. He didn't like – he was one of those guys who didn't like rookies, if you will. And, I mean, are you going to want that?
2: Bro, you might not have – At might the end have- of the day, I want to win. I don't care who's on the field.
1: Exactly. I don't care if the fi- I don't care if the field, you know, 11 freaking Brazilians, 11 Greeks, 11 Germans. I don't care as long as we win. I get that. And that's what I want. I want to win. But if we can produce our players from the academy, have – Great players like Joan Felix, Bernardo Silva, Juan Cancelo, Florentino. If you can get these guys to be a part of that, who are good quality players, great. But JJ isn't like that. And you know that.
0: Yeah, I think JJ, if he does return, and I certainly hope that he, does and that he doesn't, I'm on that side of the fence. Um, he will have a lot of Leverage, and he will only return on his terms, and his terms mm-hmm. would do not don't necessarily line up with the president's vision for the club, which means uh, Benfica made it Seychelles or getting most of the players made essential. That is not JJ's the the vision that JJ has for the club. Uh, And I do get it, man, because if you want to be a winning coach and if you know or if you your understanding is that I can only be a winning coach with this and that type of player and I can't have too many rookies on my team, then that's the belief that you go in. But I just don't think that is the vision right now that the president has for for this club. And I think that as fans do, we like seeing kids come come through the academy and do well. It's beautiful. Ever since we've gone
2: on, you know, down the path, down the road of Maiden in Seychelles, zero points in Champions League. We've downgraded in teams every single year. We've become shit. Our teams are atrocious to watch because you know what? At the end of the day, we got kids that are made in Seychelles. It's so freaking beautiful. This guy wants to talk to me about Bernardo, who were super, well, not Cancelo, but Bernardo's a superstar today wasn't the same player 19 years old. Who's he going to play over? Gaetan? Salvio. Who's he going to play over? I mean, you gotta got to take things into context at the time, not four years later when they become great players four years later. you got to think about it at the time. Look, fantastic. You guys don't like J.J.? Fine. One thing I want you guys to remember about J.J. is this, guys, before you go to sleep. In your lifetime, I'm afraid you're a little bit older than Timo, but, you know, whatever. But let's just say since the 1990s or 1980s, not 90s, but early 90s, since Sven Gordon Eriksson has left Benfica, you've not had a better coach in your history ever since then, so as much as you want to criticize the guy, you want to talk all your trash look, the guy won, it didn't matter where the players came from, and yes, he could have developed some players, okay, he didn't have his Bernardo Silva but he had his Enzo Perez, he didn't have his Rod Sanchez, he had his Matic he didn't have so-and-so, his Gonzalo Guedes he had his Rodrigo, he didn't have so-and-so he had Cardozo, he didn't have so-and-so he had Lima, he didn't have so-and-so Yeah, guy. Gaita, who gives a crap Yeah, yeah, had, had Luis, we had Skin, we had Teams. We have football players. Not guys who are made and say shawl. What brand? It's like you're that. a bull. It's like you're a bull. You get a stamp from one of these great farms, but who gives a shit? Your meat is crap. I'll eat Kobe steak all day. I don't care where that Kobe steak comes from. I don't need that, 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 that branding on your chest. If you can't perform and be a nice steak, then I want to eat a nice juicy steak. I want a steak, baby. I want something that's gonna come in and do something for me. So now you branded, made in Seychelles. What's that done for you over the last five years? How's it been for you? Huh? I'm hearing. And I know, I know, those of you Rui Vitorio lovers and the JJ hit. Oh, they got out of the quarterfinals. Fantastic. How's that worked out for you? Uh, what, what player, what player, aside from João Felix and... Renato Sanchez, what player has these two coaches gotten to the next level? What player have these two coaches developed and actually made these guys gradually improve season after season? Name them. Name them. I'm listening. I'll be 10CO10 on Twitter, baby. I'm listening. Come at me. What player's gotten better under these guys? Vlacodemos? Dimos? Wow, fantastic. I mean, you shit last year. You can only get better. Who else? Name them. Nelson Smith. That's one guy, and he left after a season. <laughs> well, you want me to name one? Linda Love,
1: well, Patterson.
2: Patterson. That was that was that was under the other coach. <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> Anyway, all right, all right. You can name <laughs> me a couple, but you know what I'm saying. You can name yeah. me a couple. Let's no. um.
1: Listen, let, listen, I totally get that. I totally get that. But I'd like him to at leave. At least give guys a shot. I get that Bernardo Silva would never come in and take Gaetan's spot because Gaetan was already Gaetan. He was already seasoned. He was already who he was. But if you're going to give a guy a spot as a backup, somebody to come in, why not try him?
2: Timo, Timo. He, we, he's, at, he's at fault for not trying that. You know that. Let that wagon go, Timo. If he if didn't get no, much. Listen. We, went to, we went to Europa League finals. We were champions of Portugal. If we were, like, doing what we're doing now. I get it. Going 10 games without winning. If we're going 10 games without winning, playing horrible football, then I can see, you know what, man? Yo, look, at the end of the day, he went, look, I know he tripped up a couple seasons, and look, he's got his flaws. No one's saying he doesn't. But at the end of, of the day, he left. he left two-time champ. He left back-to-back Europeans, Euro, uh, Europa Cup Finals. Hey, look, at the Where did time, that get you? who Just
0: kidding, me. You. Here we
2: go. I'm
1: joking. <laughs> at at yeah. least, at
2: least you got the spring, and you were playing European football. It wasn't like you know before the yeah. before it even snowed up in Mass. Timo, you're out of the Champions League already. You're out of Europe, European football.
0: Yeah, let's um let's wrap this up. Benfica's next game is Maritim is on uh, Monday at uh, six p.m. local. That's one p.m. Uh, East Coast time if you in the United States. Uh, Benfica has beaten Maritimo four out of five times, outscored Maritimo 17-1. to Uh, Maritimo is currently in 15, trying to stay off the relegation battle, four wins, six ties, and four losses at home. Uh, But at this point, in the way Benfica is, uh, you know, there's no givens anymore. Uh, I just hope that uh, not to to, uh, go through the misery. And the frustration that I have been going through these past uh, this whole past month. If if I'm going to be honest, Uh, that's all I hope. I I hope for presentable um, a presentable performance by the team. Uh, To say that I'm embarrassed by the team. Uh, is probably not accurate because, you know, I'm always going to support the team. I'm always, uh, through the thick and thin, thin, I'm always going to be there. Uh, And I don't think we should be embarrassed of the team, but I think we should – feel that we're we're let down and we deserve a lot more uh and certainly our expectations deserve to be met by the team simply because of of the passion and the time that we spent following this team uh so that's all I, i i really ask for i ask for presentable look if you can't win six in a row at least go out and and show some some effort uh and show uh that you respect the club and and that you're you're glad to be representing the colors of the club and and somebody that pays your salary. That's all I really ask. Um, Timo, any parting words, dude? Shano,
1: I love you. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I, I totally agree with you, Alfredo. You know, I think, you know, as long as these guys are going out there and giving it, they're all, you know, that's, you know, and giving us something, to enjoy watching, you know that's really what we can ask for. Um, I would gladly take six straight one nothing wins like we did, you know, when we overcame an eight point deficit to be champions. I would gladly take that, you know, with my heart ripping out of my chest, like annoyed at how crappy the game is going, you know. But you know, I want that beautiful stuff back. You know, that's that's really all I want.
2: Chris. Pa, juízo, a música. Now for more serious things, this is for for those of you guys listening at home that listen to us every single week. We know Alfredo and I have mentioned this a few times. Benfica Podcast is a project now it's coming out of the Benfica Independent Podcast. I mean, independent the uh, website. Uh, it's it's. It's your one-stop shop for everything Benfica, Benfica podcast, Benfica FM, uh, Conversas a Benfica, O do Batista, and many, 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 many other things there regarding Benfica in French and German, obviously in English and Portuguese. Make sure you check that out. Also, if you have a couple bucks to spare, subscribe on Patreon. I mean, we need some money to pay for Zooms of the world and pay for the website hosting and stuff like that. As you know, being a Benfiquista and talking about Benfica, it's it's a joy of ours. We all absolutely love doing it, but somebody's got to pay the bills. So we'd appreciate if you guys make your little contribution and you might just get a little connect with my picture on it one day as a surprise. You never know. You never know the things that could pop up in your mailbox. So make sure you check out benficanpedent.com. And, and uh, you know, for all things Benfica, we'll all be here, whether we win or lose. We're going to do our very best to put out a product for you guys that you're proud of, and and some of you might actually call it therapy. So check it out. Appreciate it. Support it. Follow links, everything, you know, like it and all that good stuff uh, on YouTube and, and, and the, the tweeters and, and all that good stuff. So appreciate your support. Love you guys. Uh, hopefully you guys don't think this podcast is was too negative. But look, man, we're Benficistas, diehard Benficistas, and we speak – uh, here on the podcast, and we we give our true feelings, and you guys know exactly how we feel. And this is not no makeup because the minute I get off of this podcast, I'm probably gonna get on the phone with somebody else and vent and talk and scream as loud and 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 vent about our our Benfica. This is diehard Benfica here on Benfica dot com. So we appreciate all your support, and uh, check guys out next time.
0: Yeah, that's it. At ten co ten is where you can find Cristiano uh, on Twitter. So uh, get at him with the, your JJ uh, points. Timo. Two players, two players, not one, two. They guys are named one. Yeah, Timo, uh, <laughs> what, what's your Twitter, man? I I know that uh, we interact all the time, but I don't know your Twitter off the top of my head.
1: It's all good. It's at underscore Timo one.
2: There you go.
0: Easy. The, uh,
1: the sure. at Timo won't give me his. He blocked me.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad that the, the, the at CO10 lady blocked me too, so we're... <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright guys uh, thank you very much next week we'll be back on Tuesday as always we'll uh, look back at this Maritimo game that will happen on Monday and we'll look ahead to Benfica's uh, next game which is at uh, Boa Vista or at uh, at Salus against Boa Vista. thank you very much talk to you again next week take care everyone
1: thanks for having me guys
0: thanks for being on <laughs>